welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. How you doing tonight, Neil? Hey, good to be here. I'm doing uh, doing awesome. It's, I'm happy and honored to be here with you. Well, I'm glad you're on, man. We uh, talk about some of your stuff. You are a guitar madman, and um, I wanted to have you on and talk about uh, some of your stuff. I mean, you have a lot. You you've played with uh, you play with everybody pretty much. It feels like uh, who I played is with who? everyone, and, and but I, but I've always done my own music like a right. lot of times people they always they think you know are you a side man no i've i've no we've been a lot of shows with people but I've, it's always been my own music i've done so well right and, and maybe i could just roll back a little clarity on that one when i'm saying you've played with everyone you've your peers like everyone is in your peers probably I, maybe i don't know, probably haven't played with clapton yet but you've pretty much played with like vice Satriani, yeah you know you know michael anthony you know like the who's who of of the rock stage yeah, and you stay on your own with your own your own solid rock albums. You know, mm. I would imagine, and actually looking and go through all your albums. I have one question for you: Do you still have a Christmas tree up right now? Because you have so many Christmas songs. I imagine. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you have a train I, set going on around your studio <laughs> or something. <laughs> no, that's a good question. I uh, I did a a project called One Silent Night years ago, and uh, and it's you beautiful. Know, it's beautiful too. I, I thank you. A kid, a kid they love. <laughs> <laughs> so you never you know once you release something you can't it's hard to compartmentalize it to the month but so you know a lot of times at the show they're like are you gonna play joy to the world tonight i'm like it's july of course i'm not gonna play joy to the world a drummer boy you oh, know? Yeah, so, halloween songs now <laughs> come on man we're playing we're in the halloween mode now so i know yeah. just when you when you look at it because you did your part one and two and yeah. then you did some yeah. and you did a live version which makes sense in the continuity but then if you look online, like iTunes likes to say, we're going to take all your songs and your albums. We're going to shuffle them and put them out of date. Right. So sometimes I'll be with an artist. I'm like, can you tell me the exact date? Because there's, they're the only people that know. And sometimes they're like, you know what? I'm not even sure. Or, um, yeah, so, so you have a ton of your own albums out. What do you think your big breakout song, though, would be? That I would say um, uh, the, the song that is the, the hit for me is it's called I'm All Right. Yep. And, um, you know, a little, little background on this though. Uh, I tore constantly or, uh, you know, I did until of course this year. Right. And uh, it's always overseas and in Asia and China, Korea, all throughout Europe and stuff. So the one big song that always brings the house down that yep. has, has now it has a life of its own is, is I'm All Right. And, that, and that's the one. So that's the one I save till the end of the set. I start the first three notes and the place falls apart, you know? So. Yeah, it, it, it's great. I mean, because you have some really great original songs like and like that. And then you also have some really, besides the Christmas songs, as I say, tease you, which are, it's actually a really good album. So I actually recommend getting them. Oh, thank you, yeah. Maybe you don't want to listen to them by the pool because it's kind of a weird time you ever listen to Christmas songs. But they're, <laughs> but you can avoid the old, the old hack Christmas albums and put those on instead. It's, you know, it's, it's good to meet in the middle and it rocks. So, but then you get your own stuff. Then you also you have some cover songs. You do some fun covers. They could throw in some of your albums too, like "Take on Me" and you know, um, you do some of the classics, um, "Amazing Grace," right? Um, yeah. So you have some of those mixed in too. Those are beautiful. But you but you transpose them. I think it's the right word in your own way too. It's not the exact. It has a different feeling to them a little bit. Um, but with your originals, and it's right. I think it is your bigger one. But I like to ask and see. Um, there's something about that song I think that really just strikes a nerve with a lot of people. I think it, it, it feels like it's happy. It feels like it's in the vein of a lot of the peers we were talking about where it's kind of 
feels good. It's a feel good song. It feels like it's got that rock of the who we grew up on tone. It's got a real great guitar tone too. It's like uh, it's great. Well, you know, for me, kind of a historical aspect yeah, of no. it. You know, um, when I say I do instrumental music, everyone always now has a has a predetermined thought of what that means. So for me, though, it, it's not about, um, you know, being Yngwie Malmsteen and playing a million miles an hour. It used to be, but over the years, it's turned into something different now. Like, um, I, I want to write songs in major keys. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a happy guy, right? I, like, I, I, want, yeah. I want something anthemic and uplifting. So um, a lot of the songs do are in major keys or they have real uh, happy, uplifting melodies. Um, and that's sort of my my niche, if, if you could say. It's, it's stuff that I would love to listen to, you know, or even, you know, as as when I'm recording, like I'm working on a new record now, the big question always is, in my mind, it, uh, as I record, everything goes through a filter, and it's like, WWNSD, what would Neil Sean do, you know? <laughs> so uh, I, I like that anthemic, happy, major, you know, and that's the first thing a lot of guys say to me, even guitar players, like, man, you play a lot of major tunes. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm happy. I want player. to feel uplifted, right? You know, so, yeah. Well, yeah, the thing I think of when guitar players are just instrumentalists, you guys are just too lazy to write the lyrics. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. And then actually, we have to I'm, deal I'm Oh, that's exactly where I was going with the next joke, actually. Um, LSD, lead singer disease. Lead singer, and it was the joke about how you make a lead singer mad. You, you don't tip him when you get the pizza. I think that's how the, the, the uh, joke goes. So right. It's not my joke, man. Um, so, but on a serious note, a lot of your, your songs actually could very easily translate into band songs. And you play with other band guys and other songs. Is it writing songs and playing like when you're just instrumental to playing with other musicians? What's the difference in it? Is there a big difference for you? Well, you bring up a really good point that not a lot of people notice, which is a lot of the, the music, a lot of my songs could be translated into, say, vocal tunes. I'll, oh, I totally. Don't to, you have lead you know. lines that are, your lead, your lead, sorry, I don't mean your lead lines are truly vocal melodies. Right. And, and that's, um, that's sort of my mantra when I'm writing a song is, um, you know, people, my, my joke that I always say, you know, live is, you know, uh, where the hell's the lead singer? And I always hold, you know, hold up the guitar. Yeah. And like, here's your lead singer. So I always view the guitar not as, uh, in my music, not as a, a big shreddy solo instrument. Look at me sweeping this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, could I, can I do that? Absolutely. But I view the guitar's role as uh, a lead singer. Mm-hmm. And I when I write songs, I fit the guitar into that world. So even like with the, with the guys in the band, when we're working through a new tune, I'll say, Hey, yeah. All right. Let's take it from the verse into the solo. And Mm -hmm. they'll be like, you know, they know better now, but well, (laughs) the whole song's a solo. I'm like, no, man, check it out. Here's the verse and here's the chorus. And you know, the chorus lifts up and you're happy and all that and yeah. then here's the solo section we re- so i really view it and i'm so glad you noticed that that i really view it in terms of a real song it's not about the guitar playing i want to get a little good guitar playing in there but let's play some music you know yeah. let's stop worrying about the notes of it so well i, I do visualize um music in my head so when, when it's a certain song that that's how i visualize it 
the, right. the path of it. Um, do you think you could do? Have you have you written songs like with other singers though? Like the comparison? I'm curious, like being where you're from, if your mindset like writing your melodies and then trying to write it with a, a singer in mind. Sure. It's a challenge. It actually, it's it's really easy because even when I'm uh, when I'm coming up with an idea. I, I'm, I'm humming. I'm like, da, 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 da. okay. Mm -hmm. And then I find out what that is. So when I do collaborate with the, with a singer, my girlfriend's a singer. So we, we write songs. We're working on a record for her. It's really easy because that's what I do. It's just it, the end result. You replace the guitar with a real singer. So, and I, I've had a lot of people approach me about, Hey, you know, maybe you, I love to do uh, your song this time but I have some words for it. So that really makes me happy because it, it's, it's understood. Like people get that fact. It's like, mm -hmm. this is not just like three chords with a double bass groove behind it. Now I can show you how fast I can play yeah. or like check this out or whatever. So, um, but I will say this, you know, I sit in a very strange um, dichotomy of, of guitar. Like I'm, I'm too heavy for the, maybe the, the, the light new agers or something like that. Right. You know, my, my tone and approach is too heavy, but yet now the other side of that is I'm too light and happy for the genters or the, uh, you know, the heavier guys. So it, it, I live, I live a really gray existence in the guitar world, like too heavy for some and too light for some others. Really? You know? Have you heard that? Like, I, I have actually. Yeah. From an outsider, like I feel you sit in the same tone as Lucerno, you know, as your Satriani's, as your, your, you got everyone's all in the same wheelhouse. Everyone has their own tone sound, but right. it's not, everyone sounds different. But you know what I'm saying? No one is like, you know, I'm sure not into this, to, you know, to, it's just not, no one's like that. To the, you guys all, I don't know, I don't think it's that big a difference. I think if you like one, pretty much, you know, it's not over the top. Just, you know. And I, th I think it's, it's important, though, just as as a as a recording artist, that you sound like you. You, you know, and I, I know that sounds kind of an obvious statement, but like when you hear, like I know we were talking earlier about Dweezil, like you hear Dweezil mm -hmm. play, you go, oh, that sounds like Dweezil. Like I, right. I can tell Dweezil, or you hear anyone when they have a certain tone, or they they put their their guitar playing in a in a package where it sounds like them that's the greatest thing you could ever do, you know, have right. your own sound. And I would say to that, and I would add the, the one, the one difference would be, and this is actually this is for songwriting when Desmond, when we, you saw your, so we're talking about, it, so this is an example yeah. when he writes a song and I ask like, what frame of mind are you in? He becomes of the mind of the artist he's working with. Right. In their songwriting. So he's not coming with something way off in left field. He's bringing what he has to the table in that mindset. So he actually is, writing to a certain style you know, you know I, I a, a, to, a different a different way to write that I'm not that saying yours your is wrong it's just I'm just saying it's just a little different it's fun to see that everybody writes differently you know and, and uh, on that point I listened to um uh, he has a he has an approach of writing that I absolutely love and uh it's called top-down writing uh which is he he always he always has a title he always mm -hmm. has a cool song title and he always thinks like what the finished product will be or what will, what 
what's the the message or you know you give love hey i have a i have a song title you give love a bad name right and then you work down from there versus hey man you got a riff and then building it you know and i think just such a great way uh he's been really inspirational to me because obviously he's such an incredible writer but i i love his approach top down writing like what do we want to get out of this if uh if the listener stops the music will they still hear yeah. the melody relate will they feel what you want and, and i feel like it's a big picture right, like old-fashioned when we used to do cars they kind of sketch out the design for the car all right put everything inside of it now and and, and kind of put the wings on it like this was roughly this is roughly we're going to look at this year all right go you guys ahead. go figure it out now put, put the top down there. design that's exactly yeah. right exactly you know and, and right. I, agree, I agree with you and i think um anything you take from your life so like We'll use it as one more example. So he was saying, you know, like saying living in prayer. It doesn't matter that little line where he kind of took it from that bad part of his life, but kind of turned it out. Sure. Musically, do you take inspiration yourself on some of your guitar lines where you can be inspired to think about it kind of? Good question. Um, you know, I'm not inspired by uh, sometimes things that people think I would be like, you know, they're like, oh, you, you saw a beautiful sunset when you go back to the house and and write a beautiful song to honor that. I, I don't really function that way. You know, writing to me is very, uh, this is gonna come out weird, but it's very mystical in, in, or existential in, in a way that like everyone could write a song. We could write 15 songs today, you know, mm -hmm. and say we wrote a song, but you're fishing and you're, you're, you're uh, poking your toe in the water to see if you're going to get a good one today, right. it, it makes sense. So it, it, it is. Yeah. So that's what I'm sorry. That, that's what I'm not, but I don't mean like, yeah. I think the sunset thing gets like easier and you see how my questions are always a little more <laughs> the way yeah. I'm thinking. I mean, I actually mean more like how you're feeling throughout the day. You have all different emotions, like really deep inside of you kind of just sets you in a mind space. Like it's more of a cathartic thing where it's not like obvious. It's just kind of like, that's just where your train of thoughts going from the events that's transpired around you has made you feel where you're going on your journey. Sort of like, you know, I, yeah. I no, no, no. I, so, I, I understand. That's so how easily and, out there is easy. Yeah. It's kind of like where you're at and then where you're feeling it and, and the journey is well, yeah, more of a journey. I think, you know, you, you know, what's interesting to me though, I realize that um, there's, there's so much going on in our lives today, not just this year and the virus, right. but like in general, you know, you're overwhelmed with like, uh, social media and, mm -hmm. and tv and music and there's just there's so much stuff so for me i i've realized that for me to write music i i need to hear my inner voice and i know that we're getting all existential here today no, but i need to be about. able to i need to be able to hear myself I, I i need to i can't have anything else so um that's why most of the stuff i write is in hotel rooms or something where you get to the room, I have a little recording rig, I set it up, done with the show or after sound check or, you know, it's quiet, there's no one there. Now I hear my, my brain, now I, can, now I can recharge, now I can, now, now you could have an intimacy with a note or the music or a chord and, I, and, and because you're not hearing all that input and hearing all that static in your mind, now you could explore areas and so as weird as it sounds like I, I have to 
tune everything out and hear silence for me to allow my inner composer to come out. So. I think everyone I've spoken to has a different way. There's no weird way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that's why I like to ask and a little bit deeper than just the, the surface. So, so, so to, to follow that, so do you write, can you just write, do you kind of sit down and write once you, when you're in that spot where you can get the quietness, you get the zone, can you, do you like to just sit down and write or do you have to be inspired? Do you have to, everyone has a different way. Like Steve Vai oh, keeps a guitar around his house and he just hears it, you know what I'm saying? From the gods, it just comes down to <laughs> from, from the gods to his fingers, his long, talented fingers. But like a lot of people just, you know, they're like, if I don't hear it, if I can't hum it, it's not a good melody, I'm not going to use it. Right. And, and I'm, I'm more like that. So, you know, uh, this year I, I've turned over a new leaf. Like normally I would, um, I wait till I'm on the road and then, you know, just kind of pick up a, an idea here or there from sound check or the hotel room. But I, I've implemented a new rule for end of 20 and into 21. So every morning, get up, have breakfast, have my espresso, come in the room. And I, and I set my, uh, I won't say the name, my Amazon device right over there. I have an hour timer. Okay. And I set an hour timer and I, that, that hour of time is blocked out for no phone, no nothing, just to see what happens. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we're talking about Desmond child, but Diane Warren, you know who Diane yeah. Warren is, oh, of course. Oh, oh yeah. Um, best interview I've ever read with her, where she said, you know, half the battle is just showing up. So every day she would go to this room, shut the door. She had a little, I don't know, DX7 keyboard, and she would just write for a given amount of time. And whatever happens, happens. So that's what I've been doing for the past little bit is every morning, an hour, uh, no preconceived notion of what it'll be. Could be, uh, I, you know, on keys, could be on guitar. And then it's, it's incredible. Now, you know, I have 20, 25 new ideas that I would have never had if I, did, if I didn't do that. So I, I'm more or less now taking more charge of the muse, the, the creative energy of it, as opposed to just waiting for it to come to me at a sound check or whatever. Now I'm like, I have an hour. I'm waiting for you. Let's see what happens. That's also kind of a gift, though, because... A lot of artists still can't do that. They'll sit in the room and be like looking around. Next thing you know, you come back, there'll be 12 <laughs> pens stuck in the ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because some people, just, that's just not what they do. They can't right. do it. It's hard. They have to be struck by it or they have to be doing something and they have to be working it out. So people sit down. It's such a great tool because right. you'll have such amount of songs put aside for when, if you do hit a dry spell or you, you're not inspired or you're not, or you can make yourself work on something. It's, it's a good thing. But, you know, the important, the important thing, and, and I love that we're talking about this is it's, I know I, I play guitar. My, my thing is, you know, I wouldn't, is to be a hot shit player, but honestly, it's not about any of that. It's, it's about how good is the song, right? And, you know, guys, it just, it, it's just a, a background to, to whittle around you know, that's cool once or twice to hear it and go, whoa, that's, that's crazy. I don't know how he does that, but there, there's no real emotional connection. It's like you're doing academics or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I, I love the, I love that we're talking about, like, we're talking about songs. We're talking about yeah. composing something that, that people feel not just, it's not just like a, a guitar exhibition thing, but you know, it's, it's something that 
these are songs, you know, right. that, that that's the ultimate goal. And, and you do that, you write the songs, and, and with the, you know, with that, it's kind of like a meal, it's a basic meal. But then you can be a hot shot, you can be flashy, because that makes it better. It's not just, you get the same meal, hand it out, but then you want all the stuff, the crudements on it, all the little things on it. I want to be able to look good too. You right. know what I'm saying? I want it to taste good, but I want it to look good as the next level, depends on where you're going to go for that meal, right? No, so it, when you it, stir up all them. Exactly right. But if it's just a really pretty looking meal, you're like, this is awful. I paid this much for it because it's all flash and there's nothing there. Yeah, so that's that, a fine that, line. And, and that's where, you know, you as a guitar player, songwriter, and guitar player, you know, you know, put the two together. And that, that's an important thing. You know? For me, I always, um, I always have to add on to the, the flashy element. So, so I'm running for a new record now. Uh, I'm probably six seven songs in now and uh you know i i lay it out where here's here's the you know it's like a lead singer like we were talking earlier here's the melody here's the chorus melody here's our bridge part and so like if i would release what i have right now it wouldn't go all right that's pretty Uh, i don't know if he can really play or not but uh, i i see what he's so then i always once it's all set, then you go and you go, then you start putting the little pieces of fire in there. Like, mm-hmm. all right, well, instead of going, you go, you know, so I, you put the heat in after, I put the heat in afterwards. Yeah. So I'm positive that the, the meal, like, you know, to use your analogy, yeah. that I've created is edible. And now let, let's put some garnish around it. Like, yeah. Got crazy on the analogy. Right. You know? I know I'd be hungry now. So, <laughs> Well, to the point, and you have to, you don't want to over-sacrifice, and I think it's very tasteful the way you play, because you don't want to go through all your albums, especially when I always just always like do deep dive and go through like all the artist stuff, I like to do a comparative, you know, soup to us thing, and one of the things is, is the real strength here is, is the fact that it's very tasteful, it's not overdone, you know, because you don't have to, everyone knows you're a guitar player, everyone knows you can play well, you know, and, and I think if anybody gets a huge ego. All they have to do is go on YouTube and look at a 12 year old play guitar. And then everybody's just going to want to throw the guitar <laughs> onto the road because they're freaking mad men. Like what the hell are they taking <laughs> to be that good? Well, well that, that's a great <laughs> point, which is, you know, at some point it's not, it's not even about what there's, there's someone that could always play better. There's someone yeah. that can just numb your mind to. Uh, so at that point, let's just play some music and you know we'll, well once we'll again it's not it a song they're playing or is that their song oh. they're playing no no there's not been on any child prodigies come on and done their song originally at that age you're like that is i can't believe they did that that has not come out yet i've seen i've seen there play, was play a, songs there was a chinese girl i think she was seven years old she she did a cover version of i'm all right like seven years old like are you crazy so you know, I have nothing to offer past that. So, I just pretend they're all robots, so I feel better about myself. Right. <laughs> Very shallow inside. <laughs> it guts me every time. Like I just started playing a few years ago, and I'm like, just because I'm like, yeah, I'll start playing. You know, this is what you do. You start playing guitar in your late 40s because that's the way to do it. <laughs> well, with YouTube, you can start playing. You can learn from these kids um, right. at your leisure. It's, you know, it, it, it's strange though, generationally. Like, so for instance. You know, when I was coming up, it was it was the, the neoclassical thing. So it was the mm-hmm. the Ingves and all the shrapnel guys, Vinnie Moore, Paul Gilbert, all, yeah, yeah. all same, my same generation, yeah. Right, exactly. So so that was, you know, compare that to like the Jimmy Page era. That was like, what? 
how are they doing this right so now though it's flipped again so now you see these uh these uh these gent guys you know like Mm -hmm. the periphery guys or you know like all that the uh yeah i say it's in a good way the math rock guys and i watched that i'm like what oh yeah i can't i could never play that ever so it's generational right so yeah you know it's crazy and and the perspective you get getting older, like when I was younger, I was, you know, like you know, high school bands, rock bands, but I sang in bands. And so whenever I write a song, I couldn't play guitar. I always wanted to learn. But I'd say, like, the, the Desmond, like, I have song, I have lyrics, I have an idea for melody. I'd bully the guitar player into coming up with some ideas for me. <laughs> that would go with my song, right? <laughs> right, right. Because I wasn't good, you know, too talented, which isn't, you know, rocket science. But then in life, then you sit down and start playing guitar. And what's really great is you actually relearn the structure of a song, you know, I was this last night, is it feels like you're like, you've heard a million times, you're like, it's simple, it's just, I'm so tired of it. But then you relearn what the artist was thinking. You get a different perspective right. of like, you're like, um, you're like, this is simple. It's so simple. It's brilliant. Like how they come from here to here. Like you start tearing apart a song, a cover song of somebody else's. And this, this leads into the question, like, have you discovered yourself, like the brilliance of some of the songs you've done that you thought were, that's going to be a fun song. But then you're like, holy crap, this is a brilliantly simple song, or this is a, the layout is just something I wouldn't have thought of when you do of, of, of other people's songs, correct? You're, yeah, you're... yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, We're already assuming your songs are brilliant. <laughs> even, <laughs> even down to things that exactly what you're saying, like you miss the first time around or the first years around, like let's take, let's take Back in Black, right? Yep. So I, I don't, I, I really don't think there's a drum fill in the song. It's as simple and bare bones as you can get. There's like two guitars and a bass and a drum and mm-hmm. a singer. Like it's fucking perfect, right? Yeah. But I don't know if anyone really, I know I didn't appreciate it when I first heard it. Like, I, like are you kidding me? This is, this is perfection, you know? Mm-hmm. So yes, I, 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 I always go back and I, I start understanding stuff when it's simple how amazing like so for instance a record that i'm really into lately and i've been into my whole life but um mm-hmm. is the car's first record okay uh, yeah to me it's genius because again now i'm going out of the metal realm and, and all that but there, that's there's, what, there's no realm there's still no i don't believe in apologizing i don't believe in having guilty music on my on my on my, my phone <laughs> i will listen to abba and i will listen to slayer if I want to, right. and I will listen to whatever I want, and I will not apologize. I don't hate anybody's music. I'm gonna enjoy it or listen to it particularly. I have no motion to hate music. It's music. That, so, that, that's that's exactly. That being right. said, the the the, the slate is blank for you, do Right. <laughs> clearly about how you feel about stuff. So the car. I mean, the car's first record is just genius. It, it it's pop songwriting where where everything sits. The guitar playing. It, it's amazing. So. I, I I have a greater appreciation for that stuff. You know, I, I forget who you were talking to. I was listening to one of your interviews and you're talking about guilt, guilty music. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Yeah. Rick Springfield, I, 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 man. I love I'm Rick a, I'm, a, I'm a Rick guy, man. Straight I was up. learning a Rick Springfield song the other night. He you was know. one of my, he was the perfect rock pop person at the right time for me at that age. Absolutely. He came Absolutely. up and, and, um, there's another time with Carter Hole, but then it, it went back and I started listening to his other stuff and like some of the songs that he did. I can't think of what it is now. 
it was like from an Australia, uh, a band back from where he was from, like Australia, and it's like back in the 70s or something, the Zoots or something. No, that was a band he was in, but it's another band he did, and it was so fantastic. Look, I, I, didn't, I didn't even, this is what I listened to in the car on the way home. Oh, that's a good one. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I do. I've been listening to it probably the past six months. I've probably listened to it. I'm coming out on your show right here. There it is. Yeah, We're there is no guilty music. I will not apologize. And I hate that. You know, I will not apologize. I'm going to be a big fan of a certain band. Right. But, you know, good for them. You know, no, create, it's, uh, create, create. I always said with, with Rick, if uh, if he wasn't on the, the soap opera, he, with his music, the pop sensibilities, he would have been he, he would have been another Brian Adams or like he, he would have been viewed differently with the same music. It's it's interesting, but it, anyway. you know, I can see that. But let's let's just go the other way with that. If he wasn't, would he have been heard? Would he have had a chance at audience? Great. Look Great at point. what he had before. Before he was on General Hospital. Um, look at all the albums he had. If you go looking in the record bin, I'm an, I'm, an, I'm a vinyl album guy. You'll find a lot of old Rick Rickwood albums out there. And the he was the real was, was deal. He was a singer songwriter before he got on general yeah. hospital that's what i'm saying i mean yeah he couldn't you know get arrested and his right. talent was still there it's not it's not a, a, against him it's just you know the luck of the business it's whatever so did it maybe put him in the spotlight an opportunity to get looked at and then when you got looked at you get trapped in it that's a it's a hard you know what i mean like yeah you, you really i mean hard to hold kind of put him in a good spot at yeah. first but then that everyone was a teeny bopper thing either if you were popular you were in that tiger beat realm otherwise you weren't really out there that big but who who could have heard jesse's girl and not thought oh my god this is the craziest pop song i've ever heard it's like it's like hearing my sharona or something like you know yeah. it, it, it's it's a hallmark of something you know so well the fact fun. that the, the lyrics are kind of dark too and it's so popular right. I, I love when you have a, a great rock song and you go back and you listen to the lyrics and I'll use the Beatles, yeah. Maxwell's uh, Silver Hammer. Like, you look at those, listen to those lyrics, and you're like, you don't the kids singing that in the car or something. Like, it's some crazy lyrics. Like, getting smashed in the head. You're like, what a great song about smashing someone in the head. That's <laughs> my favorite violent song. You know what I'm saying? It's like, when you do that to the lyrics, you go the other way with it, or the music's really dark, and the lyrics are happy. But with that song, it's kind of a relationship song. And the fact that he came back and owned it recently, you saw the Jesse's Girl, was it two? Yeah. Yeah. I love when an artist can come back and, and take it and do it. And then, or, or, or uh, him and Simi Hagar will bust on each other about yeah. the fact of the song. That's great. I mean, that's, I love to see that. And um, actually, that's, that was the song I was trying to learn the other day. So, yeah, Rick is, Rick is awesome. even Even as far as dark lyrics, you know, people, uh, I don't know, they realize like, uh, what, what is the, the police song? I'll be watching you. Don't stand so close. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are those some dark lyrics. And they I don't know if people really read into that as well you know kind of passes over yeah. people's heads i'm a lyric guy i'm like you guys are really this is <laughs> <laughs> this is some dark stuff going on like it, that's in a lot of songs though you know but it sounds yeah, but, it's how you interpret it but it's it, it goes back to what we're talking about which is it's always about the song right uh, you know we're not really talking about to hear that drum part on jesse's girl or tim pierce's amazing solo like we might mention oh. that in passing. I but, did because but, I like Tim Pierce's guitar play. <laughs> right. There's like but, three of us, and I'm one of the guys going, I did. <laughs> absolutely. I get what you're saying. I'm just harassing you. No, 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 no. But it, it's, it's always a song for us. Man, what a great song. Man, Tim Pierce killed it on that solo, didn't he? So, yeah. but it's always about the song. And, and that's in, 
that's that's what it's about now you know oh, yeah. so you know that's always the goal well so. you know I, I was saying this the other day so like um but sometimes the people aren't so aware of it now you know the band enough's enough and they've had a yeah. lot of lineup changes i've talked to different members of the band i'll probably be talking to them again but there's a chance like at one point when um the singer donnie was in the band and um jerry monaco singing for him and if you go on youtube and you listen to him sing, and this is about any of the singers, because obviously everyone always likes the original singer, and even you know Johnny says that, something like that. But when you listen to it, most people that listen to Enough's Enough are not going to know as deep as if they're in the audience listening to it. It's negligible if they even really know the difference, right? You know, of how much people really pay attention to the song is my point. Like if they're all playing guitars and he's singing, and it's pretty pretty close to being spot on. I try to copy him, but and that's just an example of like how much people really pay attention to a song. That's why it's the lyrics. It's like a good melody. It's like men at work, cargo, great album. Yeah. So it seems so simple, but I don't think it really is. Or we all know Vegemite sandwich. We know this, but it's a melody. It's, it's right. But do you know what the hell the song's about? I don't actually, now that you mentioned a grown it. man, I don't know what that song's about still. There are <laughs> mysteries that I don't know about. And, and I'd like to know that before I know what's going on in the tut in the King Tut's tomb there. Yeah, so I'm saying, but it's it's another good song, you know. When you yeah. hear something, you feel it, and, and I think the reason why, I like, so your song with your big your big song, it's like, oh, I'm alright. If you hear it, just it's like that tone, it also you feel good. It makes me feel like that rock high school, the summertime. It it it, it evokes emotion, and I think some people feel emotion in a song before they feel anything. Yeah, thank you. That's I. I and that song has kind of been the goal of what I've done with, uh, you know, most of, most of my songs, which is let's not worry about the, let's not worry about the playing. Let's, let, let's worry about what it's saying or is it, right. saying, and is, that is, song, it is it evoking an emotion or something? I mean, all your songs are like that, but for pe- people that are probably watching, it is your bigger song. So they're all the songs are like this. You gotta listen to all the songs, but so people can follow along the conversation. I want that. It's just an easier point of reference. You know what I mean? That one song. It's not, you're not a one song guy. It, it, I I remember I released that record. It was off of Sing, the original thing, and I had never been uh, to Korea to play. And I, they they booked the band for some festival, and I didn't I didn't know what it was for. And we get out there, fly out. And we we as it turned out, we're one of the headliners at this Busan International Rock Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walk out, and we start playing. And I didn't know the record was out there at the time. And like, there's like these banners, like I'm all right. And like, whatever. And it was, it was crazy. So um, that song really, especially in Asia, like has a total life of its own. It's, it's in the United States, obviously not so much, but um, you know, the U S is not really the market for me but overseas yeah it's not the market for most people that are even on my show it's it's like europe and asia (laughs) the markets because they're a little more open-minded you know but say but like with your songs just like say with with rick Springfield, he has a wealth of material and you know him because you listen to all the songs you know like one song better than the other but the satellite to get you to that song is some of his pop songs that brings other people in so with you people write their whole lives you know to come with springfield or somebody to come up with a couple notes that draws people in like some people their whole lives will never do that so you've done it once twice you know what i'm saying that's right. fantastic to, to be able to come with a couple notes that that strikes such emotion i, so, feel, I feel very fortunate i and listen if if i can move anyone with my music or get an emotional response 
um, then it, then it was, it was a success, right? It, it, it's not it's not about oh I see you played sixty fourth notes over a triplet feel over you know yeah I don't care about that I I I I, I want someone to feel something and that's the important thing you know so would you break down a little bit where you're coming from when you did your peach album that was when you're like what was the mindset for that album a little different like um I'm not gonna mention the the name I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that but I saw a band uh that is is very musically endowed you know and i, I we walked out of the the place and everyone around endowed. i feel like i feel like you take a shower after that <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like oh my god it was it was life-changing experience and um and, and the music to me i have a very se sensitive delicate sense of melody you know it, it, it was just it was too many mozart too many notes it was just too much muso nonsense, you know? And I, I had a real visceral reaction to that show. And I said, you know what? Everything this band's doing, I'm going the exact opposite. I mm -hmm. want to play the simplest, most riff-oriented, back in black sort of, I, I, want, I, I don't want there to be any misinterpretation of what's going on. Like, I don't care... Uh, no one cares I'm playing in 1516 with a triplet feel with the, you know, like I want back in black level songs that are just immediate and hit. So my mindset for that record, and it's, it's really snowballed into even more now is immediacy. So first tune off the record, Bari, you know, da -da, uh, 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 uh. like that was the goal is easily recognizable digestible music that everyone could love you don't have to be a musician to i don't need you to study the music i don't need you to uh, break br break apart the time signature and worry about what modal variation i'm uh, imposing mm -hmm. over a minor seventh you know you know what i'm saying like i, yeah. I had a, a very just straight ahead four four style rock quote. rock record yeah yeah i don't want any of that I, you, that's all you guys you guys could be moved by all this stuff I want to do back in black in an instrumental record, so to speak. So that was. It's, it's good because there are, there are variations. You don't, I don't think you're not doing cookie cutter albums. You know, I can listen to an album and you'll hear, you know, your, your, your big song and you'll hear another song. And then some songs actually just sound like, I'm like, I can hear this behind like a JJ Abrams movie. Like it's, it feels like a soundtrack it's a piece. Right. Like it's very powerful. Right. And, you know, I'm not gonna say majestic because there's no unicorns in it. But but, it, but it's really you know it's moving like I, I actually feel like I, I'm like I could see some like an action scene or something, yeah. um, and then some of the songs kind of just feel like you know it is a rock song it's a little different so you're not looking for just I mean maybe Peach is a little different and that's why I was asking about that one but like your albums do vary a little bit you know they're not always the mindset's a little different I I, I think that from the outside yeah. that's why I ask no no it, it's it's uh, you pick up a lot of the intricacies with it so the record before that two twelve was a little bit more there was, there was a the heavier vibe to it mm -hmm. a little more complexity to it not not noodling complexity but the 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 core changes were more in depth full and stuff like that so um very astute very good good call <laughs> good oh, thank you well, well, <laughs> thank you so, so then actually there's another leading question um so you have all these different songs different albums and it did different styles because different 
I mean, who does the same thing all the time? Who does? Who could eat the same meal? Well, I could. I could eat cheeseburger every night. But everybody else besides me could eat the same meal every day. <laughs> so like, I'm looking over your like those albums. So you, when you do so your live albums, then you're introducing songs from these different albums, these different styles. Now, some bands have a certain thing that they do. They just do it. You know, we don't want our ACDC. But we all say, I can think a person I've talked to wants our ACDC to be different. We want that concert. We want it to be a certain thing. We love it. We want more right. of it. Some artists don't do that. You're not doing that because that's not who you are. So when you have to put all the songs together, set list, you know, is it kind of a challenge? Are you like, are you deciding by, you want a mood, you want a flow of the thing besides doing the hit song? Are you also, in your mind, are you thinking about pedals, tones, changing guitars? Because then you got to worry about all that garbage too. There's a quick change order. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You want, but you also want to keep the flow of like an album song A to B. But you also got to be able to play without being like, hold on a second, Brody, you know, <laughs> click, step on pedals. Like, yeah, but you bring up a point with <laughs> like a, a, few lot different, a lot of with points. a few different areas. So let, let me cover, let me cover a few of those because you, no, no, that was, that was good stuff. Um, what I always fight putting together the live list is um, I, I have a, a lot of pretty, pretty songs yeah. in, in my catalog. So I always put the, the initial list together and it's like, oh shit, it's all ballads. You know, it's all like yeah. mid to slow. Okay, well, we can't do that. And we can't do it. Will, people will be going to the bar and, uh, you know, uh, going to sleep. So, so I always have to, there, there's a few staples that always end up in the set where I know I, I have to bring the energy up and down. So like, you know, we've been opening lately with Bari from Peach. We're going to, to go uh, Wild Horses. Then I, then I can slow it down a little bit, maybe in my dreams. And that's why I do some of the covers I do. Like, you know, Take yeah. On Me was a joke. A, a, a joke in that, hey, man, how much can I mess this up and still a be lark. pretty cool? Pretty a thrashy, lark, right? actually. Like, it, it's very thrashy. Right. Like, I so, really feel like it's going thrash almost. <laughs> but for so many so, versions of it, I, I heard, I saw that, I'm like, okay, where's he, he going to go with this? And it's not where I thought you were going to go with it. Huh. And it's not a bad so, thing. But, but, I like being surprised. I can, I can interject that to bring up the energy. So as far as a set list, there's a few tunes I always have to play, but I, I, I definitely, I fight being too slow and too pretty and too mid-tempo. I, I have to always put stuff in. So as far as gear and guitars, um, I, I use a Fractal XFX3. So like, I don't have to worry about amps and presets and it's all programmed in and everything. And, uh, but you bring up a good point about, uh, I keep pointing at my guitar here. Um, Which I want to talk about your guitars. You got some indoors, but you got some badass guitars. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So I always, I always, um, <clears throat> you know, when I, when I go on the road, like to oh, look China at that. or whatever. Yeah. This is a, a Kiesel. This is my signature Kiesel. Oh, wow. That and, is beautiful. Uh, just just playing right. Good... Visually, it looks beautiful just to look at it. Like it's a. Oh, I wanted oh. something real simple. But How normally when I go on the road. I, uh, if it's some overseas fly dates, which they all are, I don't have a crew or a tack and I can't carry 18. So like, I have to be sure that like one guitar covers it. Right. So to your point, your question is, um, I don't do weird tunings, maybe uh, drop D now and then, but like, I don't do weird tunings, seven string dead. Like I, I am bread and butter, like six string, a 440 <laughs> done, you know? So, you know, you've got to make more than one guitar because if it breaks a string, you know, I, the anxiety I would have if I had one guitar, 
It's like getting a car like, with gas on E. Like, but being like, my wife does all the time. She's like, I can go. I, I, she's like, we're coming home the other night. She goes, I don't need the whole way home. If I had known that, I would have an anxiety attack. <laughs> no, I, um, you know, uh, not to sound strange, but like, I have to have a trust in the guitar. So like when, uh, when I, I'll get a new key, so I, uh, I play it, I play it, I play it. Like, I know that whatever guitar I take on the road, I know it does not break strings. And I use 11 to 52s. So um, I use heavy strings, but heavier, these, these right. guitars just do not break strings. And I change strings every night too. So, but uh, yeah, I'm really happy with this. Jeff uh, at Kiesel, Jeff Kiesel, That's just beautiful. great, great. What are you using for strings on it? What, what are you using? Uh, SITs. Uh, yeah. the, and they're uh, homegrown here and Akron, Ohio, uh, amazing strings. The, the intonation is fantastic, but 11 to 52. And, uh, you know, everyone's like, you stretch a lot of strings. Like, do, do you use light strings? And no, man, I, I like, I want it to fight me a little bit, you know? So it's weird because it makes your fingers stronger. Like, I, when I first started, I had really light that came with it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going really heavy. Like, like Steve Ray like baseball, heavy string, you know what I'm saying? Like, really crazy. 13. And afterwards, and then I went, yeah, and then I went back to like mid midway, you know, but like right. I got Diario, so they would go out of tune or whatever. And I'm like, it felt kind of good to practice on because you feel like you're a lot stronger. <laughs> it's a lot easier transitioning. Yeah, and the, the tone's better. And so now if like my buddy hands me a guitar, hey, what do you think of this? And it's like nines or ten, like, whoa, I, it, it's hard yeah. to play for me. I, I need a little little fight back with it, you know, so. So, so with, that, with that being said, so the audience and this is to get is you want to please yourself but you got to please the audience no secret here guitar shows and this happens at the reason show too right. it's about probably 990 guys and like 10 women always so and, really and, stand, help. and standing like this yes you know i can't tell you that but i'm really, i'm so glad you're going with my husband's house to go to that show with you like when i'm yeah, all here i'm like i love it so obviously you, you, you got to be able to mix up. You want you don't want to do valves to a room full of guys that want to hear your like, shredding or rocking. So I mean, right. at some level it can be you know the predicament you know a good problem because there are people that watch you, they like uh -huh. you, but then you want to please everybody but please yourself too. It can be a kind of a challenge. I, I would think yeah. maybe not. I mean maybe you're like I don't really care. I just play guitar and they show up. They don't. Well, you know it, it's you're bringing up a lot of good insightful Sean insightful very good. Um, I fell asleep on a dictionary last night. So, so. <laughs> I, um, to me, you not to, to get existential on this part, but you have to be comfortable in your own skin, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you have to understand what it is and who you, who you are and what it is you do. So like we were on us tour before it got canceled, um, in March, right. In 2020. And we were on tour with a, a great, I'm going to, I'm going to say progressive, gent band called the arbitrary right and they go out and they just crush it every night and you know it's a lot of the i i don't know if they would classify it but like a lot of the the math complex you know mm -hmm. and me and my guys we loved it but we knew that when we go out on stage we know what we do we know who we are we're we're gonna go out we're gonna play some pretty tunes we're gonna play out some you know our major sounding stuff and we're going to do unapologetically. So um, to your point, I, I really do. I can't play for the crowd. And I can't really play for me. I just, I have to play 
just who I am and what we do. No, that, that's, um, that's, that's fair. It's good. I mean, so, so even like, you know, sometimes like I was on tour, uh, Andy James and I were on tour, uh, mm-hmm. China a few years ago and he'd come on and just burn the place down with chops. And then, you know, it, at first you're like, wow, man, I'm feeling some heat. Ooh, what a, yeah. I better, I better go, man, I, I got to play some, some fast stuff, you know? And then I, I realized I can't do that. Or another example, I toured with uh, Michelangelo Badio uh, <laughs> a few years ago, right? And so it's him and I. I only have one guitar. I have one neck. How can I do this? <laughs> right. and, and so he'd go out and he would just burn a house down, right? Would, and yeah. so I said, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go just do what I do. I'm going to play my pretty songs, my, you know, and it, it works perfect because no one's, no one's stepping into, there's no competition because I can't, I can't avoid who I am and the music that I write. So when we go out, it's already uh, boiled into the equation. So I'm just going to do my songs and do it the way I, I do it. And, and if people don't like it, they shouldn't be at my show. Right. And, and that's, I mean, there's two, two schools of thought. And, as I, and so I wanted to hear like where yours was. And I'll back up one thing. But a side note is I would love to see Michael play a guitar with one neck. To sit down like a one neck guitar would be the weirdest thing in the world. Have you ever seen that? Like he, it, oh, he'll he play does. one thing. But I, I don't think I've, I've seen it in a while. Then I yeah, just, you always, yeah, people see I always see that, yeah. But his, the set he would do, he would end the show with that. He would just he's kill really it. Cool. It was amazing. But yeah, he, one neck. Right. He's, he's See, I, I like yeah. the fact you own it and I, I think and that's part of the thing and I think it was an open-ended question about like a lot of guitars do this you, you you do what you do and and that's why you know we go to the show because we already know who you are buy the tickets because we already know who you are you know right. who you are is Zappazar is that we no 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 there's no surprises we know who our guitar player is going up there we know our guitar hero but I mean the question was kind of like sometimes is it challenging because like the promoters are different people like hey you know what gotta bring some more people in here it wouldn't hurt to have a female fan base kind of you know no that's like well, half, you know like, I, I, you know half your audience actually 90 percent of the audience could bring another 50 percent more in if you just you know did this I, I have to tell you i laugh because everyone and, and i know they mean well so if if someone's watching this that they've said this to me i know you mean well but like it's like people think I haven't thought of this before. Like they'll say, Hey man, I got an idea for you. Oh yeah. What's that? Have you ever thought about getting a singer, adding a singer? And, and, and I always, I, you know, I always say, Oh my God, I've never thought of that. Did you think of that yourself? Because this is a brand new concept for me. I don't need what this changes everything now, you know? So yeah. You're, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not even, I would never even think of that. Like my question before, like if you have you going from one to the other, because you already have lead lines in your songs, you're already, you know what I mean? And there have been some other guitar players that brought a couple song singers into their albums. This is more of a comparison, but yeah, you, you're not, a, you couldn't, don't, that ruins you. That's, I couldn't even imagine. I can see having a, like a band, like a jam band, like with like, like Vic Johnson with a, in the circle with Sammy Hagar, like a side thing, like another thing, but not your thing. You have to right. Have like, that's uh, that's exactly. All the listen, I, that are I wish there. I was I w- was Richie Kotzen who could play and have that voice. I mean, yeah. he has the best of both. His voice worlds. is just yeah. Oh my was god. It, he was in another band too. I just took, came across another Hawks or something. It was like a yeah. bluesy. You don't know talk about that. I know album exactly. I feel like it was a, a gem that I discovered. Like it's like I don't think everyone's even heard it. Yeah. It's, the problem um, with him is he has so many songs 
don't think there's ever going to be enough all of them released. There's not a time in the world to hear all these good songs. And he it's, just it's, released something with Adrian Smith now, I think. Yeah. Uh, something new. I mean, but listen, yeah, that's not going to suck, we, right? We know how stunning his playing is, but that voice mm-hmm. is, that's, yeah. that, that's Paul Rogers. Uh, th- that, that is that level of voice, you know? Yeah. So incredible. And, Chris Cornell, you know, Coverdale. Right. But the, but the thing, like, so his thing is, he's guitar is infused with his voice. Like, everyone has their own thing. You know what I mean, your sound is your guitar and your right. lead and your, and your melody and, and you, you know, and sensibility. And, and the thing, right, obviously, it's worked for you because you do play, you don't have a singer, you have a full career with that one. So it's not that you don't need it. You know, I always say, like, when you find something that you, you, you do and it feels good, it's very natural to you. That's usually where people have the most, not, I hate you, natural twice, the best success. You know, there are certain people I can mention names. There are celebrities that were like, they, you know, they may have been a comedian, but they weren't my, my best comedian, but also they became say, a talk show host. Like they, they became a certain way where their audience kind of, they, they, they just did it really good. Like what they did was presenting or talking or, or whatever it is right. you do. What you do as you do it now, and you've been doing is what you do well. It's the only thing I know, right? Right. We just have to but be it's, true but it's, but it's comfortable for you, right? And you're not yeah. trying to be, but every artist is going to be challenged with, well, what about you do this song here? And that's why I was asking you, like, what did you do to handle it? Because a young, a, a younger Neil may have been pressured into it. As we've learned, a lot of bands were pressured, or musicians, earlier on. Because you don't have no idea. You're like, you're bright-eyed. You're like, what? All this money, an album? You think this is going to make me signed? If I don't, I'm going to be back, you know, making, you know, behind the scenes at a restaurant again or not doing my dream. No, it, it's, it's, um, when you're young, I, I remember the, the, the young Neil where, you know, g- given the example about going on stage with other bands, you know, that are on the same bill and you're like, man, that guy's great. Fuck him. And you go out and you, 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 you go outside of what you do. Right. And now you're trying to be that guy. And now that doesn't help anyone. So I, I guess just with age and, and experience, you just, you settle into who you are and then you, you, you fine tune what it is you do to really fit your personality. Right. And then you, then you live there comfortably, you know, so I'm living there. I don't think it's, but I don't think it's just you. I think a lot of artists have done that. And I think even generationally, I think you've enjoyed it now. There's even more, there's like more of a wealth of material that you strengthen everybody's albums. Now I feel like everybody's kind of is feeling like, like they're, they're, they're always in their best pair of jeans right now, kind of broken in, maybe ripping the knee. Like everyone feels comfortable and they're just, going out and you're just doing it now it's, it's it's less i don't feel this competition as much before it did feel like everybody was trying to like one up each other it's just like and i think sometimes the songs were sacrificed or the production of an album because you're rushing it or you have the person do it people are just kind of sitting down and doing their stuff now at least in this genre i'm thinking right now you are more empowered too you know before uh you would have to get a producer in a studio and now basically all us guys you know we we know how to record stuff we we're more in control of what we're doing. We know what we like. Um, we don't. We're not as reliant on on other elements of it. So, it's which is more super awesome because that's what I got my degree in analog recording in 1990. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks a lot. But that, it, it's funny. perfect timing. The right. year I graduate, uh, yeah, Apple comes out with GarageBand. <laughs> Damn it! Damn I couldn't have planned it any better. <laughs> I get you saying it. There's a lot more control. Um, 
let's talk about some of the stuff you're doing right now though recently you've been got a couple of projects you're working on yeah um so i uh i'm working on a new record so i'm really excited about that so let me ask you this let's let me let me throw this out to you Did you just I turn a table is this like a I just David flipped it on you. You just turned it. You flipped the table on me. I just flipped it on you. You're under the kind of repair. So I'm trying to decide how many tracks on a record because we're in like a, a singles market now, right? So for the new record so far, I've got like maybe six, seven tunes, uh, and I thought, I don't know if you need ten songs anymore on a record. Like if I had eight and a bonus cut of something crazy, is is that enough? What do you think? Honestly. I was yeah. going to say 11. I look at 11 and 13 quality songs. I'm an, I'm a full wow. on, I, I invest, but I invest in an artist. When I listen to your album, I don't listen to a single. If I'm going to listen to Peach, I'm probably going to listen to Peach like three times. Right. I own it. I want to know. So you, you want the full, you want the definitely enough material right. to like immerse and, yourself and, in. And, and I think it's hard because, and here's, here's the challenge you're at. Like that's, that's my answer. And, and so we'll go back to, um, there's a child's talking example. Anybody hasn't seen it. Some of the markets he's sending off songs. Remember, he's talking about they're chopped up to like get like a little, like a minute song. And to him, that was the world he's in. You know, remember you talking about like promotional songs that you get like a minute. I couldn't imagine chopping a song into a minute. I like no, that vinyl album. And actually, have a show like with vinyl albums where you hold, you take the album. We're talking about the album with the artwork. You know, the album yeah. Cooper. We're opening up like a desk. We're looking at the lyrics. There's pictures of the band on the road. You're like, oh my god, this is, you know, I mean, the whole that almost famous was like based on the the coolness of that. You know, it is. You know, it's it is a media version of a vinyl record. You know, absolutely. Best. And to me, that's an experience that's lost. And today, I'm going to hold my bad vision is gone because the CDs are so small and the print of lyrics probably made me blind. No, <laughs> yeah. What does this mean? I don't even know what that means. Um, but that's why full albums are good. Um, other some bands that eight songs are good. Yeah. You know, some bands can't yeah, write songs. See, I'm almost though of a, a little bit of the opposite where. I want, it's like maybe my horrible analogy is like you're eating a cake, right? So I love chocolate cake. So you're eating the cake. You're like, I love it. I love it. I love it. Now we're going into from a piece this big to a piece this big. So I, I would have enjoyed the cake if I stopped at this size, right? So if if you have eight great songs versus, 12, let's say, 12 yeah, All right. like, I, I get that actually. Maybe, yeah, maybe you could pair that because then it's like, damn, all, all songs are bam, 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 done. I don't know. There's no right no. answer. Well, actually, I, for Mark, I think I think you're actually probably more correct. I know that. Uh, is it Rob Zombie's done that now? A nice high thirty, or roughly around that. All right. You're in and out. Your mom is around. It's it's kind of you're in and you're out. And you feel like you want more, maybe. And I'm somebody who's been excessive. Anyhow, I've realized. Do large shakes in my games. So as an adult, maybe I'm like, maybe maybe eight songs is confusing because I like a large and I want a lot right. going on. And I, I want to be sick when I go away. I would be like, oh my god, I, I I had too much, you know. So it's it's interesting, but it, it's where I'm at now. Like, okay, where where is my for the for this new stuff? Where's my line? Like, am I one tune away, or do I, you know, I, I, I just, you just don't know because without without a, a label breathing down my back, without, you know, an A&R guy saying, you need this. Like, if I have eight good songs, I think I may let it go. So we'll see. We'll it see. It feels like a long play. You know, it's, I don't think it's the wrong decision at all. I think yeah. nowadays, some people are just doing like one song every month and then they throw it together at the end of the year. Or they're doing But, but let know, me ask this. Do you, feel, do you feel that, 
I, I know it's a singles market now. I know people just release a single here and there. I've never but, bought a single. For the record, I've never bought a digital single. See, that's what I'm saying. That that's that's the that's sort of what I feel too. Like if you have a, a new pro CD album, whatever you call it, now I'm I'm paying attention. But I, I a single is just throwaway stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I could be wrong. I don't know. We're just we're just talking. It depends on your market, but no, but it depends. On, but it also depends on your market. Look at your audience. Yeah, they're not. I don't think your audience is is. is it's more of a the age group they're consuming. They're more invested into it. They're not going to be flipping the channels. They're not going to be. They want what they want, and they know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not. You know, you, you, I mean, you, if you compete with the eight songs, you're gonna be you're, you're gonna be competing with. You're always gonna be competing. You know I mean, with a generation of. The phones, or this, this, and that. I mean, I use them. We all, we all use media. Can be too much, except for when you're watching a show. <laughs> but, but no. But on a serious note, I mean, so it's really like, where's your market? But then, if you market your music to that that age group, is that age group listening to your music enough to make a difference? It's a great or is question. Or the older group, I. But I mean, I'm not a marketing person. But I'm in the age group that listens to it. In my mind, in my friends, our peer group, we buy full albums. You know, it's, so it's interesting. The other the other yeah. night, I, I found out on Spotify that uh, the Black Crows have a new song out. Right, I love the Black Crows. I do too. I didn't. Now know there's one of the out. best singers ever to walk the face of the earth in rock music, right mm-hmm. there. So I listened to it. And I'm like, oh my god, yeah, I love it. It it it. His voice sounds better than it did back in '92. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, I love it. Okay, one song. What do I do with this? Like, I listened to it a few times. Yep. Okay. Like now I, I, I want, do you have a new record? Can I listen to the whole album of it? You know, what's your new, what's, what's new grouping? So, you know, I hate as a that. black crows, what do I do with that? Like, oh, I love it. Okay. Uh, I want more. Can I have more? Yeah. Like, like you, what you're saying. But if it's a lead in, like I like what an album, when you're leading, you got more stuff coming in and you have three singles, but like, I'm also a guy like on my, on my phone. I don't, I hate when there's like a bunch of scattered singles in there. I want albums. I hate the whole craziness. I like it. I know what I'm listening to. I'm committing to it. I'm doing something. I want to listen to the album. I'm going to go on with what's going on. I don't need you to, want to immerse I want to make a list. Right. I, I'm also a fan of Spotify because I don't have to do the artists. So I'll, I'll generally lean towards like iTunes or like YouTube music just because Yeah. I feel bad. I don't, but I mean, Spotify is unnecessary. We, we all have to do it. I'm probably going to do it someday for podcasting. <laughs> but, but you know, you could do both. You could do a long, you could do an EP release an ep and then do a longer yeah. version of it or the same thing like do extra songs on it, almost like it's a bonus like a two version of it. like uh, more your, more, you can do like more your commercial songs on an ep and then do a different version with your other stuff mixed in together i mean it's a digital world no one, you don't owe anything to anybody you can do whatever you want really that is, you know what that is the beautiful thing which is hey man there's no rules anymore no one's telling me what to, i can do whatever the hell i want right if I you think release, you have a, a full you know, album if you want to do a full album but then say, you know what? I know in my heart, I have people listen to it. These four or five songs are probably your most commercial songs. Like, you know, you are, you do want to make some money in your life. That's why you do it. We all go to work. So if you're going to do an EP and you're going to try to do something short for that audience, that is a consumer audience that wants something short and tangible. It's going to be that market. You know, there's a certain timing, you know, a certain beat. They got, they got all written down to algorithms and timing and notes at this point. But then you could kind of say, but I also have these other songs too for my other audience. This is, you know, uh, I, no, I don't know no, why it, artists it, aren't doing it's, that. It's it's the it's the way to think about it. No, even like it I was costs you like nothing different. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like you're doing different. One fan's going to get one, and one's going to get the other. 
Yeah. And it's, and you still get paid. No, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, I wouldn't do vinyl it, it, on the short version. Your, your vinyl crowd is going to be the long play. Yeah. You know, the vinyl is, is a thing now, isn't it? Should I consider that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at this point in the COVID world, where are you? So, so you're, you're working on that one album now. I know you're working on a side album. I think with your girlfriend, you're helping to work on that. And I, uh, I, I have a, I have, I'm working on a, uh, I just finished recording 25 pieces for a, it's a, it's a revisioned Nutcracker ballet. It's called Revenge of the Rat King. And uh, we were supposed to debut it last year with a, a ballet company, but mm-hmm. it's a, it's a rocked up ballet. It's, it's great. So we're hoping this year. So, you know, listen, as far as, and we uh, all know how COVID has affected everyone and, yeah. and, uh, and all that. And, you know, we're the lucky ones that, you know, we're still alive and, and it's all good. So I, I view this as a little bit of a, and I mean this in a respectful way, like a gift, like we're given some time uh, to actually finish a lot of these projects that we w- might not normally have had time to do. You know, I'd be on the road and I'd be bitching about, I don't have time to finish this. And I don't, I can't, you know, here it is. Here's your gift. You have the time now. Yeah. Now we have to do it. And I think the reason why, and everyone says gift and feels like it's bad. I almost think here's what, it, and here's here's my, my thought on it. It is, it's a gift, but I think the way of presenting it, it's like, you have an opportunity to look at something half empty, half full. You get to look at the other side of being sequestered and, and, and not being able to do anything else. Like, you know what I mean? So half empty, half full, you see different sides of it. Just a different perspective of, of where you're at. So, I mean, something feels so bad about it. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it, and it just depends on the day. So like yeah. today, that was the positive take. But, you know, uh, you do get in those days, you're like, man, like, I haven't played on stage in a year. Uh, it, it's it's difficult to make money because, you know, I, I am the gig economy of that's where my living comes from is, is on the road. So, you know, listen, we do vacillate back and forth. I vacillate back and forth between being happy for the time that I could sit and record all day mm-hmm. and you know, I miss, I miss so hotel awesome. rooms. I miss uh, eating at uh, Denny's at 3 a.m. I miss, uh, you know, flying to China and jet lag. And I like, like, I think all of us, a blanket statement would be, we're going to appreciate what we do a lot more when we get to do it. For about two months, for two months, two months. Uh-huh. And we're all going to be selfish again and be like, I right, forget all about it. Yeah, it won't happen again so, now. <laughs> Banish the guys. So, you know, that, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's how it's going to go. Um, do you have any CDs or, or like any music classes or any kind of, um, and on your website, you have a lot of stuff too. Yeah, I actually, um, I started doing uh, Skype guitar lessons uh, before the pandemic when I was on the road and it, it's worked out really well. So yeah, I am available for uh, Skype or FaceTime uh, web lessons uh, they could uh, get it at my website. They could send me a, a message. There's a, okay. a link for lessons. And uh, it works pretty well, man. Like we, we get a lot done. I have, I have students kind of around the world, you know, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun and it's great. And uh, I, I enjoy it. I, I really enjoy it. So yeah, hit me up on that. Yeah, cool. I, I love to hear because some artists are like, they want to do it, but they don't know how to get started. Or, or some artists are like, I can't do it. I need to be sitting with them. And some artists are like, it's the best. I like the idea that you can reach out to anybody. I like the fact that, oh my God, 
Neil could help me play guitar. If you have a lesson, you know what I mean? It's just so yeah, great. Like was, now, I could imagine thing, back, back when I was younger, be like, oh my God, you get to play guitar with, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, listen, the only thing we really can't do is, is jam at the same time because of the latency. But other than that, it's, it's, it's the same experience. Uh, it's great. And how many people have YouTube? Of I, you know, all the YouTube instructional. You're not talking, you're not even talking to people. So you can't jam with right. you're watching a recording and you're watching it back. You can stop and say, hey, Neil, what was that note again? What am I playing here? So right. you're already more exactly. interactive than the probably billion of guitar lessons that are on YouTube every single day. Right. I've exactly. Watch, you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So I, I see plenty of benefits to it. You know, I respect the challenges that some people have because people want to have just like they're like, I want to record. Some people don't, they can't record remotely. Some people are like, there's four of us. We're all in our houses. When it's over, I just turn it off. I don't have your, you're not knocking your beer over my amp. You're not right. doing this and that. When we're done, I'm turning it off. I'm going upstairs and watching Game of Thrones. Some of the guys are like, you know what? I want to have the experience. We all need to be together. I can't be playing with a computer. This is what am I? Was it Star Wars? I mean, yeah. like, it, it, so, so that's a new challenge for people, for musicians, because there's two different schools there. It is crazy. You know, I was, I was thinking about that the other day uh, to put a fine point on that. Like, when we used to do a record back in the day, we'd get, you know, uh, everyone together and rehearse the tunes and go to a studio. And mm -hmm. it was, it was, a, it was a big event. It was a big celebration. There was a big process and there was a lot of bonding. But now I, I realize like it's, it, it is, it is, uh, I don't want to use the word lonely because that, that's not really the word I mean, but it, it's, you're more isolated. You're more uh, introspective with it. Like, you know, I, I'm collaborating inside my own head, you know, right. with people. And so it, it is a different process. And it's not this big hoopla that we, hey, guys, we're going to do a record. We're going to do a new album. And, you know, it's, well, you got to be a self-starter these days. You do. But I think part of the fun part, and I'll say that is, you're right. It's the hoopla. It's the ceremony. It's the ceremony of, of an, even of a vinyl album. It is the, the opening. The album's going to drop soon. We're gonna, I'm actually going to go to the store and buy vinyl. They spent time right. in the studio working on it, like, and then you open it up, and it's got the, the new smell or whatever, and it's got stuff inside of it. And it's, it's huge. It's a whole event. So the recording process was very similar. Yeah, you know? of course. But you got to see cassettes, and you got cassette CDs, and it's like, now it's like a digital download. Now you're like, do I struggle with do I do a single or an EP? You do both. You do it in a long play and an EP. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's, it's it, it really, it, it is the Wild West again. It, it, it's anything goes because no labels are really funding anything. So you're really self-funding everything. So you know what? Do whatever the hell you want to do at this point, because this, this is what we, absolutely. This is what we always wanted anyway. So do the digital. I'm looking forward to the, the Neil Veza digital EP and then the long play album of the whole thing. You know, I, I got to do vinyl. You've inspired me. It's, it's because of you now. So yeah, there I appreciate it is. It. I'll, I'll be, you'll let me know. And I'll be one of the first people to get it from you. Cause I, I love I it. Love it. I love the warmth. I love the cry. I love it. I mean, I'm a vinyl. I, I use records. I, don't even, I barely. I can't tell us I'm buying a new album. I love vinyl. I well, love even vinyl. even down to uh, you know, like I growing up, I knew what every studio they would record yeah. at. Who produced it? Who engineered it? Uh, who knows now? Like yeah. even even no, stuff that I want to know, I don't know who, yeah. who mixed it. You know, I agree so. with you. You have to look it up, and you're like, is it even accurate anymore? Yeah, you look up like Desmond Child's like nobody knew about my songs. I'm like, dude, I go, I knew you as much as everybody else because i read every production songs this that it was a whole thing yeah and nowadays i'm like i, I have no idea 
Yeah. And that makes me sound old, but it's not. It's just it's, that needs to change. There different. has to be credits. There, there has to be, there has to be because I, I we want to know if, if someone mixed something good. I maybe they can mix my stuff. But how do you how do you know who mixed anything these days? You know, or or engineered or or is just produced it's, it's, or the problem is the scary part is it's not that maybe sound older. Like get off my lawn, kids who are listening to this, you guys. Um, is is media going that way? Does it really not matter? Do people do people just don't care anymore? Is it just, are we holding, are we going to become dinosaurs? Are we Led Zeppelin well, during a disco age? Are we, you know, or punk? They, they know? may not care anymore because they never known about it. Like, you know, obviously we've had with vinyl, we've had the experience of uh, getting it, laying on the floor, getting the, the album covered, the sleeve out, putting mm-hmm. it on. Now I'm here for 30 minutes on one side or 20 minutes or whatever. I'm reading the credits. I'm reading the lyrics. I'm, I'm, you're smelling the, yeah, ink. yeah. Like, come yeah. on, man. It's the experience. You don't have that anymore, you know? And and vinyl also makes up for the preposterousness of eight tracks. <laughs> right. Because somebody, somebody had to apologize that because when I had six, um, and it was like too much time on my hands, it fades out to one thing. You got to flip it over to hear the second part of the same song. Somebody's got to pay for that. I need a vinyl to make up for that. <laughs> I, I, gotta, I need vinyl. I, I can't be interrupted like that. I can't work under these. Who, who, who flips over one song? Who does that? I'm sorry. I'm going to sidetrack yeah. here, but really? It's, no, it's, it's a true. true thing. Who does that? Um, well, this has been fantastic, man. I'm, I'm glad you come on. We'll have you back for the vinyl show. Um, yeah, you're, man, let's do that. Things. When you promote other stuff, we'll have you come back too. Anything you got? I'm in the family. I'm like, in the family. You're in the family. Right? That's it. Okay, Part of the monkey. Part of the monkey. You're one of the monkeys to show now. That's it. All so right. I want to thank you, man. Thank you. All right, brother. We'll talk soon. Thank you All so right. much. Take care. All right. All right. Be guys. safe. Bye. Yeah, bye.